It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Hayward on a tight curl in the lane. Goes into the body of McRoberts, collects himself, puts it on the front rim, and rolls it in. And Gordon Hayward, for the first time in his NBA career, has scored 20 points in six straight games. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 26th of January. Jazz getting ready for the Lakers, but the offense is struggling. How come? We'll do that, plus we'll take your Facebook Live questions. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. We'll probably have to do this one pretty fast today. Got to get this one done. So there'll be a speed to my talking. No, I don't know. We won't do anything crazy. As I mentioned, we'll look at the Jazz and the Lakers coming up. The offense isn't great right now. What's going on with that? See if we can dig into the problem. I don't really have the answer. And I'm not sure how concerned I am, but. It's out there. And then we'll take your Facebook Live questions uh, as well today on the program. So thanks for tuning in. If you're on Facebook Live, you can see my hair sticking straight up. Don't shower right before you go to bed and then do Facebook Live uh, if you care what you look like. So that's the uh, plan for the day. We always open up with pins across the world. Remember that we've got uh, I've got two great podcasts up at Locked in NBA. Fun little thing with George Carl. It was fun. We just didn't get into the garbage. We just did the fun stuff. And then uh, uh, the coach and I did an hour yesterday, and it was great. So uh, make sure you grab uh, that at Locked On NBA. All right, uh, Ian Patrick. I'm from Carson, Iowa, a town of 900 people. I currently go to college in no- in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm pretty confident I'm the only Jazz fan within 1,000 miles of Omaha, which I'm proud of. That's not true. Ron Boone's from Omaha, Nebraska. My journey to become a Jazz fan is pretty unique. I grew up a huge Tracy McGrady and Rockets fan. I actually hated the Jazz in the mid to late 2000s because they would always beat up on the Rockies and the Rockets, excuse me, in the playoffs. As T-Mac got older and continued to get hurt, my interest in the Rockets and the NBA began to fade. My fandom was in a vulnerable state. Though I liked the trade for James Harden and the addition of Dwight Howard forced me to pick a new team. My criteria for a new team was pretty simple. I wanted a team in a cool city with young, high-character guys. The Utah Jazz fit the bill perfectly, considered a small market with mountains and young guys like Gordon and Favors. I decided one day that I was a Jazz fan, and ever since that day, I don't think I've ever been so invested in the sports team besides the Chicago Cubs when I was in middle school. I have been, have since been a diehard NBA fan. I listen to your podcast every day as well as Josh Lloyd's Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. I, pre- I appreciate the deep insight and so great for fans that live across the country to have people like you making me feel like I am so close to this team. I, it makes me feel like I've been a fan my whole life. That's cool. I've never been to Salt Lake, but my dream is to come to a game uh, in the next year or so. I love this Jazz team. Excited to see how the season unfolds. If you ski, I would suggest you do it this year. Um, 
because the snow is, is incredible. Uh, today's Facebook Live edition, Thursday edition, is brought to you by my good friend Rob Taylor. That's right, Rob Taylor. For those of you who have missed this, I keep uh, calling him Rob Thomas, who's the lead singer of uh, Matchbox 20. But no, it's Rob Taylor and Shamrock Auto Group. If you're considering purchasing a car or truck in the next few weeks, give Shamrock Auto Group a call. They'll save you money. They'll give you a super vehicle. The buying experience will be quick and pleasant. I mean, you just go to the Google reviews. It's, it's all over the place. Here's what you got to know about Shamrock Auto Group. About 35% of their sales actually come from out of state. Why? Because they sell cars and trucks at such a nice vehicles at such good prices that it's worth it for people to take the time to fly into Salt Lake and drive a vehicle home, or they'll actually transport it for you. Cool thing is that the general manager is a guy by the name of Brady Kimball. He's been a mechanic for the last 25 years, so when he's out buying these cars and trucks, he knows everything about them. He's not hoodwinked. He's not going to be surprised by anything. They're mechanically sold. They're accident-free, and therefore you're getting these barely used, almost new cars uh, at great prices with fabulous service. Out-the-door pricing within five minutes, no haggling. Uh, there's no drama. All fees are about uh, are there. Sales tax is 6.75. I mean, it's just it's simple, right? So uh, on all the cars go through a fabulous uh, inspection. So that's Shamrock Auto Group. They're our sponsor. They're out in Pleasant Grove. Uh, if you're looking for a new car or truck, give them a call. Rob's number is 801-319-2250. That's 801-319-2250. And don't call him Rob Thomas. Call him Rob Taylor. I suggest it. All right, let's get to our uh, tip-off story of the day. Uh, Lakers are in town, I think, is real. Jazz have to win tonight. Like, okay. Like, got tired, lost a game to a great, great player. Like, tonight's not the night to do that. The Lakers have lost 7 of 9. They're 5-20 and 20 on the road. They lost last night. They're 6 Teen and 33. Their defense is 30th in the NBA. Like, all right, that's simple enough. Like, I don't need to get into it. The, the issue right now, a little bit, is that the Jazz aren't quite right offensively. Um, and I don't, I'm a little surprised. I was actually a little surprised. I'm, I'm, this is, usually I see what I think's going on, and then I go look up the numbers, and when I look up the numbers, then I figure out whether I'm right or wrong. And this one, actually, the numbers kind of stumbled upon. Uh, I saw it, and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So over the last 20 games, uh, the Jazz offense, and the Jazz are 12-8 and eight in those 20 games. So it includes, you know, includes some losing, and, and maybe that's, um, you know, maybe that's not, maybe that's, I'm picking, is 26th in the NBA. All right, so maybe that's not fair. Maybe it's you go the last 15 games, they're still 21st. The last 10 games, they're 22nd. And the last five games, they're 20th. A little surprised by that. Um, and I, I tried to figure out what it is. So my And I haven't really come up with the answer, quite honestly. So my first hypothesis is this was a Gobert favors problem. Um, that doesn't seem to really be it. So the Jazz offense... Uh, with Gobert and Favors, uh, seems, and actually I'm looking at the sheet that I was looking at, I want to show you, hasn't updated all the way, was was my first thought, that maybe maybe that number, um, maybe that group's not playing as well together as we would have hoped. So that's that's one, one possibility. Um, up until 
about January 14th, uh, the offensive rating uh, with those two on the floor was a 106.4, and there and there weren't um, a bunch of bad nights in there. So that didn't – I think that's got to be con- considered, uh, but that de- hasn't had – it's not as obvious as I would have thought. Um, now, I, I was hoping to update some of those numbers um, for you on the most recent games to see if that's it, but this problem – if it is really a problem, that's the first thing you probably could debate. But those, you know, being in the tw- in the 20s is not where we expect to be offensively with this club. Uh, that that might that might be part of it. So um, the second one would be: Are we just not making some shots that we regularly make? Now that's certainly true for the last five games. Like the last five games, we're just shooting 30 percent from three, and that's kind of a weird that's kind of a weird number. Um, back to the Back to the number on oh shoot something something weird is going on where every time I leave the page that has my uh, spreadsheet that updates my uh, favors and Gobert numbers the minute I leave the page it actually disappears which is which is too bad um, so the other one is is there something going on with our with our shooting that um, I should look at so the corner three is a weird one. For us, because we get a lot of corner three shots. That's a that's a hard shot to get in the NBA. We're getting it. Um, and against Oklahoma City, we're one of six. Indiana, we were one of eight. Uh, in against Detroit, we were one of five. So we have these weird nights where we don't hit. Overall, we're at thirty five point eight percent. That's actually pretty low for the league. The league's closer to forty percent. Our mid range game is not anything particularly good. Um, we're at 37% from the mid-range, which is kind of where the team is. So then I look to see if there's something where we're shooting more mid-range um, shots. We're usually pretty good at not taking a lot of mid-range shots. Uh, only about 21% of our shots come from just the pure mid-range. And looking back over the last stretch, it's not. we took a lot against Denver, but otherwise it's kind of been in and out right around our average. We had a little span in there against, uh, on that road trip with Boston, Toronto, and Minnesota where we took a lot. So that doesn't seem to be it. Uh, we have not been very good around the rim recently. Okay, so that that might be it. There's these one or two buckets. And really, that's what it comes down to. Is It's nothing drastic. It's one or two buckets here or there. If you start, you know, if you go increase your offensive rating by two or, or five points cause in two buckets, then all of a sudden these numbers um, come back and look uh, far better. So I, I think that might be it. Um, as much as anything, I can't. I really couldn't come in to say, you know, uh, well, assists are way down. Yeah, they're, they're not really. We had 22, 22, 28. We had some teens in there. Assists have never really correlated to, to how we play, frankly. Um, but if you if you look, we just have had some. Uh, we've just had some tough shooting nights recently. You know, we had a 41.6 against Minnesota. I like effective field goal percentage better, but, uh, and 39 against Memphis. So it just could be that there's just been some bad nights in there and that's skewing, uh, the numbers down. And we haven't had that 40% three point shooting night, which frankly we shoot 36% from three. We should have some 40%, uh, three point shooting nights more often, uh, than we do, uh, recently. Not, I mean, you can't have them a lot. I mean, we have that Detroit game, right, where I think we went 50% or something. 
So I don't actually have a great answer. I was a little surprised uh, doing the research this morning, trying to find uh, and having an answer of, of what's taking place and why um, these things aren't working out or why this is not getting you better uh, play. But uh, So anyway, let's go to the questions. Uh, do I think the Jazz will make the playoffs? Certainly. The question is whether they're going to have home court or not. I mean, that, that, the eighth playoff spot, team's going to be five or six below 500. Uh, do you see the Jazz winning an NBA championship anytime soon? Uh, and if so, how long? I do not. Uh, only out of the reality of the numbers. Uh, you know, I think I would say that about 27 of the 30 teams in the NBA. Uh, most teams don't win an NBA championship. Uh, I've said this numerous, numerous times. Uh, if your only and sole goal is to win an NBA championship and you don't enjoy the journey along the way, I, I don't think you're going to enjoy being a fan of, of very many teams. Uh, you know, if the day happens where you win an NBA championship, that is, is absolutely fabulous. But winning an NBA championship right now st- stems from having the best player in the world you know, born in your city. Right. I mean, but if you start just looking at who been who have been the representatives, it's not as though there's a great uh, egalitarian system here where lots of different people go get into the playoffs and are able to have their, uh, you know, run at the finals. You have one of the three best players in the world and you have a chance. uh, And the way you get one of those three best players is to frankly go through the process. Uh, I don't I don't expect us to do that. Uh, And then even on the process, it's hardly. it's hardly very often do it. Uh, question comes in from Richard. How good is Joe Johnson in the paint? Um, I have not updated my numbers in a day or two uh, on this, but last time I did it, Joe Johnson inside 8 feet was 63%, and inside 10 feet was 58% this year. So incredibly dominant. But this is also where the AB thing's interesting to me. Like I, He uses a lot of possessions, and... Uh, Gordon is not shooting well when he's on the floor right now, and George Hill's not shooting well when he's on the floor, and Joe Johnson's not getting touches when he's on the floor. These are not AB's fault. These are just the reality of having another high-volume, high-usage-rate player on the floor. It's the beauty of Joe Ingles is he doesn't use very many possessions, so everybody feels very engaged and plays very well. But you start putting everybody out on the floor, we got a lot of high-usage guys, um, or at least above average, and so then does everyone get their shots? Uh, your West All-Star Reserve picks and why. Um, I do I get into it deeply on the Locked On NBA podcast, um, and I probably should do this today. Um, uh, so really, I'd love for you to go listen to that. I have uh, my guards are Westbrook, uh, Curry, Harden, Durant, Leonard, Davis. My guards are Westbrook and Paul. My next votes are Draymond Green, Marcus Gasol, and Gordon Hayward, and then Clay Thompson and Rudy Gobert. So I have them... Uh, both on the roster, and uh, I don't have Lillard, and I don't have DeMarcus Cousins. Um, so that's, uh, I don't have, you know, so if you put DeMarcus Cousins on, then you bump either Gordon or Rudy at that point. Uh, but I don't have, I don't have DeMarcus Cousins on my all-star team. Then I would probably put Mike Conley on as my extra guard replacing Chris Paul. Uh, here's why I think Gordon and Rudy have a decent chance to make it. It's just a voting system. So every coach votes for two guards, three front court players, and then two extras. The 
15 votes are up. It's only 14, really, because your own coach can't vote for you. Um, will all be – those 28 votes should all be Westbrook and Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul's hurt. He still deserves to be an all-star. The forward votes that are going to be predominantly Green, Gasol, Hayward, Gobert, Cousins – DeAndre Jordan. Um, and I think you can make a pretty strong case for DeAndre Jordan. Those votes are going to be split up. And so then on the next tier, where I think Clay Thompson will get every vote, or close to, maybe not every, but most, Hayward and Gobert will get some of those votes. That's going to increase their chances of making it. The fact that that if if Gordon was a pure guard, he'd have all, I think he'd have almost no chance of making it because he wouldn't get any of those first two guard votes, Westbrook and Paul. It's why I don't think Lillard or I don't think C.J. McCollum can or any Mike Conley can jump in front of Gordon or Rudy. I think that Green, Gasol, Hayward, Cousins, DeAndre Jordan, maybe Carl Anthony Towns are all going to divide up those forward votes. Uh, and so if you suddenly have six or seven of the 14, I think you're going to make it. Does that make sense? Uh, as great as Quinn is, what are the things he needs to improve on as a young coach? So honestly, that question's a bit flawed because it would imply that I understand the job completely. Um, so it's not one I really think that I can answer very well. Um, and I... And I don't have an obvious answer either. So I, I think that more I don't have an obvious answer because I don't know enough um, about what that is. Uh, so I, I don't I, – he's very – you know, he has no – there's something wrong. It has to be really obvious. Um, I also think coaching's a weird thing. You know, Scott Brooks gets killed in Oklahoma City, and now he's, you know, got Washington rolling. and maybe Well, maybe he's actually pretty good. Um, getting guys to play hard is a huge part of it. Kyle Anderson, do I think they'll be – we will make be making any trades. Yeah, I think there'll be a little roster adjustment. Uh, but I don't think it'll be anything significant. Uh, what do the Jazz need to do to get their offense back to firing on all cylinders? As simple as getting healthy, not playing four games, five nights. Or is it more to it? Um, I think there's something, just because those big numbers are all 20 games long, I think there's something. But as I said, I, I just think it's a shot or two. I mean, I think that sounds really stupid. But it's a big deal, right? So if you suddenly go and make one extra shot a night, um, that's, if you just think of one ball that doesn't go in, you go from being a 104.5 offensive rating to a 106 or 7, well, the next thing you know, now you're at least an average offense, and if you make two, then then you're a good offense. It sounds really, I, I just truly think it's, I think it's one corner three that's not been going down has to suddenly fall, frankly. Um, I think it's one, I think it's, Derek Favors going from being 50% around the rim uh, to suddenly being 70% around the rim. Th- those are the those are the kind of the numbers um, that I look at that I think to myself, okay, th- that's where there's got to be can be a little bit of an improvement. Um, some of it might just be some guys coming back to their more realistic numbers. Any plans on bringing back the arena tour videos like you did a couple of seasons ago or some behind-the-scenes stuff? Uh, well, we're doing that huge pregame periscope every single game, which gives you all the warm-ups. So that was kind of the focus this year. Uh, but I could look at for some other possibilities uh, as well, Gavin. Uh, Shad, uh, how? 
Would you happen to know how many traditional three-point plays in buckets Gordon Hayward has this year versus last year? Um, I do not off the top of my head, but it is something I can find for you uh, here along the way. So let me see. Um, Let me see what I can find. Uh, do I think Gordon Hayward is going to stay? I do, but I think anytime he goes, someone goes through free agency, I think you have to allow that process to happen. And um, he's going to be recruited by other teams, and how our season plays out is obviously going to impact it. It's a good call on the and one. So last two, Gordon four years ago had 34, then 36, then 37. He's already got 30 this year. So you're absolutely right. He's gotten stronger, gotten more physical, um, and is getting to the line and getting and ones at a higher rate. I'm assuming that's what you were uh, implying. Good question so far today. Appreciate it. Um, Gordon plays like an all-star, but what more can Gordon possibly do to produce as much as a superstar? I mean, maybe he's just not that. I mean, I, Gordon probably get pissed if I say that, but like, so we're talking, is he Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James? I think that's a pretty unrealistic bar. I, I'm not trying to criticize Gordon. I just don't, I, those are the five most incredible offensive dominant players in the league. Any other player after that, he gets pretty close to being who they are. Uh, you know, he's probably, last year he was top 20. Now he's probably top 15 player in the league. It's pretty dang good. Favors and Burks for Kevin Love. I mean, you can't trade Favors and Burks. Neither of them shown they can be healthy. They've been, like, Alex has been good for three days. Um, is it financially possible to keep Gordon, Derek, and George this offseason without any pay cuts or trades? Uh, without any, probably not. Um, it is possible to keep all of them. Derek's under contract at a set number. It depends what number George comes in at. Um, but without any, like this team will not be back in its same iteration next year. That's just not possible. That's how the league works. Um, which of the likely playoff opponents do you think the Jazz match up best against? Um, maybe Houston, just if you can get them cold and get them in the half court and get them off their game a little bit. Uh, the Clippers, if they're not healthy and if they're just broken, but that's a pretty darn experienced team to go play in the playoffs. Uh, and if you slide to seven and get San Antonio, that's, I wouldn't say that's a very good matchup. Um, has the recent trend of not having favors in during the end of clutch situations shown the Jazz organization he's not crucial to their future plans? I don't think he can fairly evaluate uh, Derek right now because I don't think he's physically right. I also think that he has been in on some clutch situations depending on matchups. You know, we've got about five different options, and they've fiddled between those five uh, pretty consistently night in and night out. So uh, I, I don't actually – I mean, he's not the guy finishing Rudy – Definitely has the has those minutes. He's that guy, but uh, you know there. Are, Derek finished, I think, the last close game uh, against Oklahoma City, and he finished another one in there. So he's probably finished two of the last five. And Joe Johnson finished one, and Boris Diaw finished another, and Trey Lyles probably finished another. They're all very different. Can you see the Jazz competing for a championship in the next five years? Uh, what would we change to compete with teams like the Warriors and Cavs? I mean, I just we can't compete with the Warriors and Cavs. Like they have LeBron and Steph and Kevin Durant. Like that's. But my viewpoint is: can you get yourself to the Final Four of the West, and then be in the Final Four of the West? And 
sprained ankle by Steph Curry. I mean, who knows? A few shots go in. You get hot for three days. Uh, that's what you have to do is you have to try to get um, – I think you'll, you know, you have to get uh, into the Final Four, and I think we're really close to that. I think we have a real chance to get in the Final Four this year if we can get healthy, get right, can up, upset whoever we play or beat whoever we play in the first round. Then you're in the Final Four of the West. But to me, that's the quest. The this the idea that you're just going to be a champion, try to be a championship caliber team, is it's a beautiful thing, and you can say I only play to win. It's just so unrealistic, and so few teams have ever done it. That you know, uh, Oklahoma City had Durant, Harden, and Westbrook, and didn't do it. That it's it's a it's kind of a futile effort. So I try to enjoy the night in night out journey of the season, the development of the players, and then if you can go get to the final four in the West, then you're at least in the conversation. Uh, is Alec Burks the back best option to back up point guard when Hood is back? I think there's a real chance of that. Uh, he's not a point guard, so you just got to play an open wing system. But I I do think that there is a chance of that. Um, Michael Schaefer asked a question, and I wonder if he is related to a very good friend of mine. I wonder if that's the son of uh, a wonderful friend of mine. Maybe. Um, anyway, he's having fun. No, how Will Meadows should not be in the dunk contest. Uh, but because your last name was right, I mentioned it. Um, Kyle Ireland asked a good question. Can I give pack for players this point? Compared to last year, and actually, I don't think I have the capability of that. I'd have to, I'd have to look into that. Um, a lot of good questions today. Two more questions than I can get to. Um, Sean Bergstrom. Sean Bergstrom is like I think I coached when he was in junior jazz. It's like my reunion tour here today. Um, how does the NBA determine which media members um, to get votes for, like MVP? Uh, Ron has a vote. Uh, and I think Bowler has a vote. It's usually, maybe Ron's the only one. It's usually certain members of the media and team broadcasters in the PR department divvies them out. I don't have one. I don't really want one. I did. I used to really, really want one. I used to be really upset every time Ron got one, and I didn't. And now I've thought about it, and I actually have no interest in having my name published next to a vote. Um, so I don't want it. Um, so anyway. Uh, is it possible to post jazz-related interviews on, from 1280 on the Locked On Jazz site? Nope. Those are 1280s, and um, so you have to go to 1280 to get those. I, I think I'd be you know, posing on their stuff. All right. I appreciate it. Um, somebody asked if I was tired. No, I feel good today. Do I look like sh- – yeah, probably. That's just because I look like it. All right, that is Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. Brought to you today by the Shamrock Auto Group. Uh, really appreciate Rob and their guys down there. Brett A.D. Kimball is their mechanic. Uh, if you're in the market to buy a car or truck for the next few weeks, please give Shamrock Auto Group a call. They'll save you money. They'll get you a super vehicle. The buying experience will be quick, pleasant, right there for you. Shamrock Auto Group, 801-319-2250. Thanks very much for tuning in to today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.